Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. But now we're recording. Oh yeah, now we're recording. Oh yeah. Episode 378, it's a solo rant. What is a solo rant, you may be asking yourself. For everyone that hasn't listened to one before, it's where I just start talking and I see where it goes. There's no schedule, there's no agenda, there's no talking points, there's no topic. It just starts. And not only that, is it can start one way, And if I get sidetracked, we're just going to go the other way. So it can start with skateboards and we can go into the history of elephant hunting. There is no rhyme or reason behind it. And um, if it's not for you, it's not for you. And uh, I would say that if you want a specific thing, then a solo rant probably isn't for you. But they are unlike any other episodes for better or worse, for quality or not. Um, It is... uh, it was March first, twenty is Monday, March first, twenty twenty one at four oh two PM Eastern time. Um as of Saturday, uh the twenty seventh of February. I've been suspended for a week on YouTube for discussing uh or for um perpetuating misinformation about claims that widespread election fraud altered the outcome of the 2020 election, which you cannot talk about on YouTube. I was unaware. Hey, man, as much as I hate it, it's a private company. They can do whatever they want. I think it's gross. It's a private company, just like a pri- just like no one can tell me which guests I should have on, and if they did, I'd have a canary. I can't tell them what... Th- I think it's 
a blatant infringement, but an infringement of what? You know, it's a private company. They can do whatever they want. I think the what I always say, I think a private company is free to do what they want, and they're including they are free to shoot themselves in the foot. So that's infuriating. Um, they've taken down three episodes. Episode 289, no, yeah, 289 or 288, 291, and 370. Um, episode 370 was with uh, Miss Claire Lopez, a 20-year veteran of the CIA. And that's what I claimed in my appeal to YouTube. I said, hey, this is... I said, dude, this is, this is just her talking from her experience with her contacts and network. They said that that's not a valid appeal and that by perpetuating misinformation, it is a scam. Hey, it's a, it's a private company. They can do whatever they'd like. I don't agree with it. Again, I think it's gross, but it's a private company. They can do whatever they want. I don't think it's good precedent, right? Ban Alex Jones. We're just going to ban Alex Jones. We're just going to ban Milo. We're just going to ban Trump. We're just going to, we're just going to, we're just going to on and on and on, right? 14 days to flatten the curve, right? Don't kill my grandma. Go inside. Okay. We're just going to ban, and you may be thinking, what is, how is this any different? You can't discuss the 2020 election fraud, the alleged fraud. You, you, you can't discuss that. Tommy, how is that? Why are you making such a big deal? How is that any different than than banning? Because now we're not banning accounts. Now we're banning topics. That's a lot different. And it's a new paradigm of censorship. First, we have to ban Alex Jones. Now that we've the people have accepted that someone can be deplatformed unilaterally across multiple corporations on the same day, then they've established that. They took out the most wild guy, Alex Jones. And now they could just take out the next wild guy, Milo Yiannopoulos, the next wild guy, Donald Trump, on and on and on. Now we start with, you can't discuss 2020. And fuck it, let's let's take, let's be devil's advocate. Let's play it from YouTube's side. Let's try to be, let's, let's not be reactionary fake outrage. Let's, okay, let's say, let's say election fraud. Let's say it didn't happen. Let's say it was misinformation. Let's say it led. Let's say there's no false flags. There's no, let's just take it. Let's just do a devil's advocate argument. There was no fraud. It's misinformation being perpetuated. It led to the January 6th insurrection and it led to the death of several people. Let's just take it. I'm sure if any of my conservative friends listening to this, they're probably rolling their. Let's just take that at face value for this thought experiment. If that misinformation was propagated on your platform, your company, the service you provide, and people died, you have to take steps to undo it. I don't agree with it. I think it's a very dangerous, slippery slope. It's because once you can do that, what's the next thing you can ban? Maybe discussing things about COVID. What's the next thing you can ban? Maybe conspiracies about 9-11, Gulf of Tonkin, 1933 business plot, assassination of John, the assassination of John F. Kennedy, the USS Maine. I mean, the war in Iraq, WMDs, Dick Cheney. And there's precedent for that because we saw it go from Alex Jones to tons and innumerable accounts now banned. Tommy, I can hear you say. But they never said that, you know, 
well, of course they might start banning other topics because they never said that 2020 was the only, uh, 2020 election fraud was the only topic they'd ban. Correct. You are. They also never said we're only going to ban Alex Jones. They just started. It's like a cat touching some water, right? Like a kid seeing how far they can go. I need to turn the fan on. It's toasty in here. Why is it so toasty? You might be asking yourself. Yet another good question. It's toasty. Because despite being 60 degrees in here and chilly, I'm wearing this hoodie and it's warm. Well, that's a fashionable hoodie, Tommy. Where'd you get that? Another great question. You're on a fucking roll. This is from my apparel store. You know, everyone always says, best merch in the game. I got the best merch in the game. Those people are all frauds and closeted Nazis and potentially pedophiles. Every other channel that has merch, they're, they're reptilians. I designed my own merch. This is 100% an original design. This is King Tut. You can't really see. It's an 8K resolution image. King Tut made to look like coals of a fire and it's glowing. If you zoom in, you can see. Where is it? Yeah, even smaller tuts. Those look like scratches. Those are smaller King Tuts. They're everywhere. One of many options. They're cozy as hell. This one's been, I think they've each been washed. I think 20 times now. So I've run these through the wash. I wear them to the gym, work out in them, sweat, go to the sauna. I wear them in the coal. I don't know why that would be a thing. Um, wrinkle them, crumble them up. They're holding their color. I, th- I mean, for something as detailed as this, it's holding its color. Tommy, what does that have to do with anything? Man, you're on a roll with your great questions. Thank you today. This is this is going to be the, the physical documentation of my descent into schizophrenia. Purchase merch, hoodies, and as we go into the summer, I'll put it on tank tops and shit or whatever the fuck normal people wear. Provide a revenue source to this podcast. Thus, we're not dependent on, I say we, I mean me, monetization from YouTube. And who knows? Maybe down the road, Rumble and BitChute. I mean, Google started, don't be evil. Who's to say that? You know, in 20 years, Rumble isn't the name synonymous with censorship. It probably will be. That's just the nature of how shit goes. Right? CIA, I think, was started with good intentions. Um, So, yeah. Go buy some merch. Dude, it all goes to this podcast, and it goes to helping it remain independent from anyone else. No debts to anybody. No loan sharks coming after you. Don't be dependent. I don't know when Spotify is going to yank it. Maybe they won't. I don't know. Who knows? So... Can't talk about election fraud on YouTube. Again, I don't agree with it. I think it's disgusting. I think it's a very dangerous precedent. I think big tech does, is a bit of a public service now because we are in a pandemic and they are the town square that is now outlawed in that we can't go out in mass and talk and hang out. But I'm not a legal scholar. It's not a road I'm going to go down. Foreshadowing, maybe I'll have on a legal, legal scholar tomorrow. Potentially, it's exactly what I'm doing. I'm having a legal scholar tomorrow, or a lawyer, to talk about censorship. So that's going to be exciting. But you won't be able to watch that on YouTube because the ban is still in effect until Saturday, until March sixth. Actually, it'll be it'll be till Sunday, March seventh, I believe. Will be the first upload on YouTube post uh, post suspension. Um, is what it is. Again, not happy about it, and um, but. Whatever. If, so if you want the unedited goods, just go to Rumble and BitChute and you can watch them there. Um, 
But let's stop. Uh, let's stop throwing a pity party and talking about it's not interesting it's in that that whole how long was that that whole nine minute and 54 second segment could have been 10 seconds and i apologize for that not really fuck you let's go on a solo rant where are we gonna go with this one we don't know a solo rant start talking and we kind of see where things coalesce um i guess we'll just start talking about what's on my mind um I'll listen to a book, 1983 by, not 1984, 1983 by uh, Taylor Downing. And um, emailed him. Hopefully I can get in touch with him, have him on the podcast. Um, currently reading uh, Idaho Falls about a nuclear disaster, which I hadn't heard about. Pretty scary so far. Um, I've been listening to Lex Friedman more. And, um, you know, it's kind of fun. One of my favorite things to do is to go into a topic that I truly don't understand at all. And not like not like calculus where it's like I'm bad at math, but like I like I know, you know, like a division, multiplication, right? Addition and subtraction still escapes me. But, you know, whereas I just don't understand it enough. I guess sneeze. Nope. One thing I've always kind of enjoyed doing is going into a topic that I don't understand at all. And not in the sense of like a language I don't speak, but almost. But that's not not quite because language isn't like it's not definitive, it's not a science, it's something we made up. So like yeah, you could go look at a book written in Cyrillic and you don't understand it, but that's not the case. What I'm what I like to do and I remember, I mean, really first started like, going down Wikipedia rabbit holes was like 2007. I would like to go into things that I truly didn't understand. Like I would find uh, one of the early things I remember doing, and I actually kind of understand it now, so it's lost its magic, is I would go into like obscure elements that I didn't know anything about, like technetium, tech- technetium, molybdenum, you know, whatever. Uh um, yeah, intimidity, go into these weird things and, and just, and then I'd go into those Wikipedia articles and I would follow the links in there to something else to where, like, I remember one of the early ones was the Island of Stability. And it was this, this weird grouping of, of isotopes of certain, um, I guess radioactive elements that on like a, on like a graph of, uh, decreasing half-lives, there was this weird kind of jump to where, for whatever reason, they were stable at some point. Kind of like a, kind of like the Balmer Peak or the Balmer Curve, B-A-L-L-M-E-R, named after Steve Balmer of Microsoft. How uh, they found that coders, after it's like 1.2 beers, their efficiency, and that that's a that's a, 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 a that's a variable, which is called E efficiency, which is denoted by like, I don't know, it's like total lines coded per minute, like factored in with like number of errors made. Their, their efficiency E spikes, like not even like a bump, I mean a spike, like a, you know, like PS2 Tomb Raider tits, I mean like truly a spike. And then it goes back down as the individual gets drunker and it starts dropping off. Um, 
there's something like that in like the island of stability where it's like radioactive elements kind of get there's a little it's an island of stability and i remember and that's not very interesting but it was interesting when i didn't know anything about it like uh another thing i did is um in my uh uh when i went back to university of georgia in 2014 to uh take the classes necessary to get into pharmacy school i lived with my buddy and we had this we had this this round table like breakfast table and it had a glass like had a glass top like a you know the table was a circle and it was maybe like i don't know it was maybe like four feet wide that the yeah the diameter was like four feet or something and it was just glass and instead of having a glass table over the wood what we did was we took a this big map this huge map and we when we put it under it the map was huge the map was like i don't know it was like eight feet wide and like five feet tall so it was like far too big to fit in that's what she said to fit under so what we do is we took it and just kind of folded it under it was really crudely folded we just kind of make a circle and then smush it down with the glass when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And then every once in a while we would change it. I think we could like pull on it and you could kind of like scroll through the map. Whatever it was, is we just took this map and we put it under our breakfast table. And we would kind of sit there in the morning and and, and it's kind of like what Commander Chris Hadfield said about uh, being on the International Space Station. Is you very quickly realize that there's no up and down. There's no north and south. Uh, there's no borders. So whereas, you, you know, uh, at least from at least I look at a you look at a globe and to me it's like the center the center of the globe is like the east coast of America that's just you look at it and there's the east coast and you got Mexico down there and Canada and snowmen up there and you got oi over there and you've got like African tribes over there and then you've got China and Soviets over there right North Pole South Pole whatever and it's just kind of up down left right what he said is like you have to realize that okay one like obviously erase all the borders but two he's like you're not always looking at it like like the 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 early uh the um the early detection the early warning radar line the do line dew during the cold war was this uh this line of radars across like northern northern canada like like way north to where it's like not even really canada it's just kind of like that weird you know it's not quite the arctic but it's like pretty much like a lost world it's i I mean it sounds like the old or the wedding crashers quote i never know what she's doing back there i never know what the fuck my mom i just hear like shit slamming sometimes in the middle of the day and it sounds like you're just throwing anvils, just whoosh. and it's like, what the fuck are you doing? You go down there, and she's just like knitting. Um, and then we know what she's doing, idiot. Jazz, that's pretty fucked up. But yeah, there's this early warning line across like northern Canada, like just the lost world. I, I'm trying to remember some of the names. Ellesmere Island, I think, is one. Um, 
but yeah, it's like, but when, so what, 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 um, the point is, is, um, during the, during the event of a nuclear war between, uh, between the United States and the Soviet Union, what the fuck is that noise? My mom's like five inches shorter than me. I'm twice her weight. And it just sounds, I mean, it sounds like a buffalo is running. This happens every day. Um, but if there were to be a nuclear war, obviously we would have bombers. Um, and we had Operation Chrome Dome. We had Curtis LeMay, Strategic Air Command. Curtis LeMay was the best ever. We had nuclear submarines. Nuclear submarines are very, uh, that's a whole new dimension of warfare because a lot of them, they would not be used in a first strike or even a second strike. They would be used um, like the Typhoon-class Russian submarines. They were specifically um, strategized to, they would wait until 30 days after the first strike, which, I mean, you have, if you have your general... Jesus Christ. If you have your general nuclear war and then you have like a secondary strike, you have your decapitation strike, retaliatory strike, typhoon-class submarines were meant to be like 30 days after. They were just waiting until way after, and then you pop up and you just nuke America. Um, so you have submarines, which are, you know, that's a very interesting sort of, uh, it really is a, a trump card, if you will. Um, but uh, the nuclear missiles, which I never really thought about, you just because, you know, I look at like a, you know, a rectangular map, and it's like, oh, yeah, you go from Soviet Union, so maybe you shoot them off the East Coast, maybe you shoot them off the West Coast. But what I never knew was the way you attack is you actually shoot them over the North Pole. What the fuck is that noise? Jesus Christ in heaven. Um, so, whatever, I'm just going to talk through it. So what there would be is you'd shoot these nukes over the, over the North Pole. God, that is so distracting. You'd shoot nukes over the North Pole and um, you'd shoot nukes over the North I'm sorry, guys. And can you down a little bit? Sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Um, so you'd shoot nukes over the North Pole. And it's kind of a way that you never... Like, I would never look at it that way. But it's kind of... It's like... Because the, 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 the most direct path is obviously a straight line. And so what 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 Hadfield said was like you have to start to learn to look at the world and it's again in my mind at least when you look at the when you look at like sending nukes over the north pole it even that it still doesn't it seems a little odd because it's like oh we're sending them over the top as opposed to around and it's like no the whole thing granted it's not a perfect sphere but it's like the whole thing is it's not there's no up top there's no around it's the whole thing is it's just a sphere and it's you're going to the the most direct the most direct line and so it's not that you're going over the top it's just it's a sphere just rotate it rotate it to where north pole is you know you know when you look at america you look at the atlantic ocean and it's like we're going right it's like no just rotate the sphere so it's like america north pole russia you're going right it's the whole but the point of that whole fucking explanation was what Hadfield said is like, you, you have to look at it completely. You kind of have to re- remove all prior knowledge. And it was, it's actually kind of like, it's almost philosophical. It's almost a little Buddhist, right? You like stop labeling things, stop labeling things as independent entities, like glasses, microphone, dope hoodie available at my merch store flag, 
laptop. Instead, just look at them as what they are. They're groupings of matter. Just just look at it as what it is. Or don't look at an event as this is good, this is bad, this is a good day, this is a bad day. This is going to be a good week. This is going to be a bad week. That was bad. That is good. Um, just start looking at things as what they are. And um, again, it's kind of like the... Uh, kind of like the alan watts uh like parable it's like there was once a chinese farmer oh, fuck. Uh, there was once a chinese farmer and all of his crops burned and his neighbors came around and said oh my god what a tragedy and he said maybe and then the next day while looking for new crops his son went out riding on a horse and then 10 wild horses followed him home and so he no, and yeah and so he had all these wild horses and everyone came around and said oh my oh wow what a blessing and he said maybe and then the next day all the horses ran away and everyone said, oh, no, what a tragedy. And he said, maybe. And then the next day, one of the horses came back, and they said, oh, what a blessing. He said, maybe. And then a son got on the horse, fell off, and broke his arm. And his, everyone came around and said, what a tragedy. And he said, maybe. And the next day, the, the conscription officer came around looking for men for war, and he was injured, so he couldn't take him. And they said, oh, what a blessing. And he said, eh, maybe. Kind of the whole dad wants to kick him out. But the point is, is you never know what it is, right? It's, um, it's you never know what the event is until it happens. So this whole idea that I like to look at things that like I don't understand at all and then just start listening to them, right? Like um, uh, I love picking up a video game, like a third installment of a video game and not understanding anything about it, not knowing the plot, the backstory, and just start playing. And I love just kind of piecing it together. Um, uh, David Fravor, Commander Fravor, the the pilot that chased the Tic Tac, uh, he talked about how on like uh, the USS Nimitz, or I would imagine any aircraft carrier, they choose like a couple movies, and they play those around the clock for like a week, and then the next week they have a new selection of movies. And he was like, I learned to watch movies, not in like a chronological way, because like you only ever had 15 or 30 minutes of free time. So he's like, you know, Independence Day, you go watch 30 minutes and it would be like minute 47 to minute, you know, hour 17. And then you'd have to go do something else. And then the next day you'd catch like uh, the last 30 minutes. And the next day you maybe you'd catch the first 30 minutes. And the next day you maybe you'd catch like the third 30 minutes or something. And uh, when he when he came home, his wife was like, how do you watch things like this? And he's like, oh, I just kind of learned to piece things together, like, as they went. Um, that's a lot how I listen to audiobooks. Um, if, it, if it's interesting, I'll put it on the audiobook, and I'll start. And this is kind of a solo rant. You can see it's we're just, we're just going for a walk. We don't know where we're going with this. But that's what I'll do with an audiobook is I'll just throw it on in the background. Um, I never set out to go, I'm going to listen to this book. I'm going to get information from this book and I'm going to discuss this information on the podcast. Unless of course I'm having on a guest and that's their book and I need to do that. Um, but what I like to do is I like to just throw on books in the background and, um, it's kind of like, I don't know, I don't know why I'm trying to relate to it, but it's almost like, it's like when Dr. Dre first heard Eminem, he said, hold the fuck up, pause that, rewind that, play that back who the fuck and what the fuck is that find him sign him but you have to imagine that he's probably listening to thousands of just cassettes every day and they're just coming he's meh 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 and the way he described it and i don't know if this is accurate but fuck it let's just take this as as fact 
it's not that you sit down and listen intently to every single every single song you just kind of throw them on and then go about your day and you may be thinking well you're not paying attention to it exactly so if something does pierce through that uh that uh peripheral uh consciousness if you will then it's important right um it's like I set an alarm, even if I'm, you know, I wake up, go to the gym, shower, meditate, whatever. I still set an alarm for like 10 minutes before the podcast. Cause sometimes I truly don't, I lose track of time and it's, I'll be just fucking doing whatever. And then, you know, beep, beep. And I'm like, it, it cuts through the periphery, whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm on Reddit or whatever. I'm like, Oh fuck, I gotta go do this. When I put on an audiobook, I just put them on, and if if it doesn't ever like cut through, then to me it's like not worth it. Um, I do that a lot when playing video games. I discuss how I mute video games, kind of just go into like a sandbox mode, like a Grand Theft Auto director mode. I just play video games in the and I play yeah I play video games and I listen to books in the background. And if something cuts through, I like to imagine because I'm a psychopath. I like to imagine that, like, part of my brain is almost fractured into, like, my secretary. Um, for instance, I had on uh, Dr. Gein the other day, episode 372, the last episode before I got suspended, and he talked about um, how, his, how his wife kind of uh, screens his, uh, requests for him to go on, like, shows and stuff, because he can't deal with them all. He gets tons of requests every day she kind of screens through him and whenever she sees like a notable one, she'll take it and pass it on to him and then he can decide whether or not he wants to do it. Luckily for me, I, uh, I got to have him on and what a cool guy. Top five podcast all time. 372. Um, yeah, 372, uh, the one with Joaquin Garcia, the first one with Charlie Duke. Hmm. 82 with John Romanello. Hmm. Think there's another one in there somewhere um yeah but but she kind of screens them for him i like to imagine that my mind is kind of fractured there's a good sound bite for the future here he is stating your honor that his mind is fractured but like my mind is fractured and i listen to uh audiobooks and when something notable comes into my general like sphere of consciousness my secretary much like dr gian's wife screens it and goes oh that's actually kind of interesting i'll pass this along to tommy and it gets passed along to me and how fucking weird is this i'm telling i'm talking by myself on a podcast about my mind being fractured into my secretary and my secretary talking to me and now me telling this story to me i mean good lord i mean Maybe this is enough to lock me up. But, um... So when something, like, seeps through... Um... Like, uh, 1983 by uh, Taylor Downing... A lot of... I mean, a lot of... And it's, it's not that his book's bad. It's just a lot of it I, I knew. A lot of it was just kind of Cold War tension. So it's not that, like, someone else broke before him. But there's only... I mean, there's only so many factoids about the Cold War that you haven't learned from one way or another. Like, I don't know how many times I've heard the Cuban Missile Crisis discussed, but 
So I'd kind of zone those out. But then every once in a while, something would seep in. And what I never knew anything about was uh, Able Archer 83, the, uh, the war game that almost turned into nuclear war in 1983. Because the Soviets, or as the narrator says, the Soviets, S-A-W, the Soviets, the Soviets thought that this war game was actually a war game, or sorry, an actual military operation dressed up as a war game. Um, and so that they're putting everything in a place because if they're invading, all the alarms would go off. If you did a war game, right? Uh, you know, it's like, uh, it's like how, uh, nations, uh, nations probe each other's airspace and their, uh, and their air force response times. So whenever you hear about like, uh, you know, Russian bomber off the coast of Alaska, like, yeah, we're and we're doing it off the coast of, of the, how do you say the Kamchatka Peninsula? We're doing it to every nation, and every nation's doing it to every other nation. You probe, right? You know you're not allowed to go in the airspace. Let's see what the response time is. So you send over something, and they come up, and they, you know, if it's a random Monday in March, and they come up, and you know, and you're met with fighter jets within like 90 seconds or whatever it is, probably like 30 minutes. It's like okay, they're watching, right? They're watching, waiting. As opposed to like, because, and the idea of that is like, well, yeah, in an all-out war, everyone's expecting it, but you want to see how are they acting on some idle Tuesday, right? So, you know, it's there's beefed up security for for the inauguration at the White House, but you know, if you're planning a military, and again, hey, wave to the NSA boys, but if you're planning like a military strike, you would maybe probe it in in June. Uh, a year after an election when it's kind of an idle time right so probing airspace airspace yeah yeah so it's kind of like probing right oh yeah yeah so able archer but yeah yeah so interesting stuff feeding through into like my consciousness and that's that's how i'll listen to audiobooks and stuff just let it seep in and if it's interesting what i'll do is i'll play it back again and sometimes it's that, that was really interesting, so I'll just play the book. And I'll finish the audiobook, and Audible hopes you've enjoyed this production. And then you start it again. This is Audible. And then you listen to it again and again, and kind of like Commander Fravor with movies on the Nimitz, you piece it together when you can. You get the picture of what you want. And then what's interesting is you find something within there that you enjoy. And it's... Um, you know, it's almost like uh, it's almost like when you hear a song by an artist, and you're like, "That was really good." Can I find some more of that artist? Right? It's like how I discovered Post Malone, like hearing Rockstar. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" I'll go in and I'll find a unique thing in that that I like. Um, uh, the Shadow Factory was it that? I think it was Shadow Factory. No, 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 no. It was a permanent record by Ed Snowden. And him talking about the SCS, the NSA SCS, the National Security Agency's Special Collection, Special Secret Collection Service, Special Collection Service, the SCS. And it's this hyper, uh, I'm not hyper secretive because I know about it. It's this clandestine, clandestine, clandestine uh, unit within the NSA. And it's a very interesting notion because it implies that there are that the NSA is not all just like analytics, that they actually have boots on the ground. 
Um, I would imagine that they're. Pro- I mean, you're probably pulled from Delta or DevGrew or the FBI. I mean, probably pulled from stuff like Dale and Ted. I did right the CIA Special Activities Division, which is just the most badass fucking thing on the planet. Um, if you've ever played Black Ops, uh, Black Ops One or Two, when you start at a level and on the yeah, I know you're racing the numbers, but on the left hand side where all the information comes out and then it starts getting redacted, we'll always say CIA Special Activities Division, and uh, that's what they were in. But um. Yeah, the Special Collection Service. That's something that like I learned about in Snowden's book, Permanent Record, which is a very good book, actually. I liked it. I don't know why I said actually. It's an interesting book. It it starts out a little uh, little virtue signally, which, I mean, I feel like you got to do if you're chased out of your country by the most powerful intelligence apparatus in history. But, um, but yeah, there's a part in there, and I can't find any books on it, on the Special Collection Service. But it's basically these guys that go insert uh, listening devices or intercepting device or whatever in very uh, hard to reach places. That's what she said. But it'd be like, um, I don't know, it'd be like uh, you'd want to maybe go put like a listening device on an apartment block down the road from the Kremlin or something. Right. It's like the, uh, the NSA's headquarters at Fort Meade. On the outside, it just looks like a normal glass building, but um, it's actually like a glass facade. It's like a, the Hearst, I think it's the Hearst Tower in New York, H-E-A-R-S-T, where you kind of got that old brick building, and then it's got that weird geodesic glass outside on it, but the glass is clear, so you can see the building inside. It'd be like if you put some fancy glass facade over like, I don't know, over like a the Empire State Building, right? So you got this old stone building, but imagine if you had a shiny facade on it, right? So the NSA's Fort Meade has been described, obviously they're tinted windows, so you can't see inside. Um, Some say that they're not windows at all. It's actually just opaque glass that no amount of light can get through, but that's all based on nothing. But fuck it, let's just, there's no fact checkers here. It's actually like a metal structure, kind of like a Faraday cage, and it's just got a glass box over it so it looks more like an office building but it's just some black cube right not unlike eh, a little unlike not unlike the uh the black box in the middle of mecca right we kind of got our own cube but um i hope tim dylan does an episode from in there fuck that would be a funny photoshop i'm gonna make a note of that um um Sorry, sorry about that. But, um, and then in the hallways itself, inside of Fort Meade, are apparently they're all curved. They're like, uh, and not like the hallway is kind of one long, or at least how I've heard it described, I don't fucking know. But not like one long curve, like maybe like a somewhat flattened rainbow. But it's more like, um, I don't know, more like a squiggly curve, maybe like a slide. Um, and that somehow that somehow helps with uh, no no uh, electromagnetic radiation emitting from it. Um, and then, I mean, you have to imagine that we probably have red cell teams for the NSA. A red cell team is when you create a an artificial you you, you select a team of your best uh, operators or, or penetrators. That's what she said to try to break into your own systems, right? So it'd be like. Um, Fuck, it would be like, uh, 
I don't know. Fuck. What's a good example? Fuck. I'm running out. I'm running out. What am I? Blah, 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 blah. It'd be like if this podcast had a whole group of people working on it and we had our own. I don't, it'd be like if my dad paid me to try to break into the house, right? I would search the system. You know, I'd be like, okay, I know he has locks there and I know we have like an alarm system here. I would try to find a way to break in. Obviously, you don't want to publicly state that because you don't want the enemy to know how you can break in, but you want someone that's familiar with the system to try to still find a break in um, because then you try to plug that hole and then you, that's what she said. And then you try to find another, you'd maybe get like another group of people and they'd be another red cell team. And there's like, there's like waves of it. You can try to like, um, not Lou Alzondo, that's the UFO guy, um, Lou Merletti who uh, Annie Jacobson talks about in her book, Surprise, Kill, Vanish, is uh, is this guy in charge of the Secret Service. And what they did was they had a Delta try to get onto the White House lawn because they have all these, like, long-range radars and detections all around the White House perimeter and within, like, D.C. and everything, right? And um, which is kind of what's what's unrealistic about is a White House down or Olympus down or whatever, where it's that C-130 all of a sudden make, makes a beeline for the White House. And it's like, no, you can't even get anywhere close. But uh, they so they thought they had this whole thing like sealed up. And they're like, now let's see if uh, can someone penetrate it. That's what she said. And, in fact, and so they they had a team of like the best Delta operators and they were like, try to get on the White House lawn. And um, they did. They said all of a sudden they just noticed some like one of the one of the Secret Service guards like freaked out because all of a sudden they're just like thermal picked up like 40 bodies on the front lawn at like 2 a.m. And they were like, how the fuck did you get there? And they parachuted in. How did they do that? You know, did they did they hijack? You know, did they get in a FedEx plane? Did they go out the you know, it's all classified how they got on there, but they they plugged up that weak spot. But that's what a red cell team is, is where you try to break into your own system. And then you fill that, you fill that gap. I've really got to pee. 39 wow that really does take a minute and a half to pee um but uh yeah so i mean you got to think the nsa has probably got to have some sort of red cell team for their special collection service right because 
Yeah, why wouldn't you? Because we know within Fort Meade, not, it wasn't a clapper. It was um, fucking what was his name? Hayden, Michael Hayden. Uh, he gave an interview for the book. Um, I think it was a uh, uh, Shadow Factory, the post nine eleven ultra secret NSA by James Bamford, B A M F O R D, which is a fantastic book. He's written several others. Um, I think he wrote Puzzle Palace. Um, um, yeah. Uh, he has several good ones. They're all actually a lot of them are kind of regurgitating the same things. Um, but he talks about how uh, Michael Hayden discussed how outside of his. Uh, if anybody's watching this, I wonder if anybody's watching this. If anybody's watching this right now, say, uh, say, comment, red pepper poop. I just want to see if anyone's watching it. Just to see if anyone's watching. Red pepper poop. No, there's no free hoodie for saying that. Just if anyone's watching it, just say that. I just want to see if anyone's fucking listening. Um, who knows? Maybe if you do comment it, maybe I will give you a free hoodie. I don't know. Don't take it to the bank. But uh, Hayden talks about or discusses how um, they have, there's like copper, like woven into the glass windows and that acts as a, a fair. Actually, that might not be true for the NSA. I think that's. I think that's the E4B night watch planes. Um, if you look at videos from within the the doomsday planes, if you look at videos from like within the doom, which are online, oddly enough, um, they show the windows. There's there. I mean, there's a cage within the windows, and it's not like security, like a liquor store in downtown Atlanta, but it's just like really tiny, almost like um, almost like a screen door, and it's it's just copper. It acts as a Faraday cage, so it can uh, be protected against an electromagnetic pulse (EMP). Um, fuck, which I've been. Claire Lopez is also uh, an expert in EMPs. We have at least three more podcasts lined up with her because we got to discuss the red, green, black access, the Club K container missile system, and uh, the and she's. Um, I want to pick her brains about EMP. EMPs, but uh, yeah. So Director Hayden talked about how in between the windows, there's actually a gap. There's a, a window, and there's an air gap to another window, which, um, one, makes it difficult to... So what we used, which led up to the Bin Laden raid, op- Operation Net- Neptune Spear in 2011, was a way of collecting uh, signals intelligence, or was it was like direct auditory uh, connections. But what it was, was... Um, so the human voice has a fingerprint, has its own fingerprint. You could say it's an auditory print, audible voice print, I don't know. Um, it's a hundred times more unique than your fingerprint. And somebody please fact check me on that. But your voice is more unique than really any other part, maybe not your cornea. But like, but it's much easier to gather than everyone's eyes. But I mean, I doubt that, I bet they have it. It's the, the, the system is in place, guys. The fucking beast is in control of the system. There is a world government. I don't care what anyone says. They're in charge. They have everything. And it is what it is. Just fucking enjoy yourself while you can. But, um, they have it all. It's all fucked. But, uh, there's peace in that. But your voice is... Let's go back to pretending that's not what reality is. Your voice is more unique than your fingerprint. And, I mean, you can only imagine that they've got recordings of bin laden's voice right and so a way to and this i thought this was like earth shattering news in 2011 it was probably old then um 
Remember like in Splinter Cell, which I never played a lot, but my buddy JP, uh, episode 49, um, who I've known for most of my life, or about half my life, uh, I remember he introduced me to Splinter Cell in high school, and I remember one of the levels was like, yeah, you used this almost like mini satellite dish, and you pointed at people, you're in your spy, kind of like Hitman, but you pointed at people like across a map, and I ate so much bacon last night, I can feel the rolls on my face, sorry, but you'd point this like satellite, uh, this like handheld satellite dish, and you could amplify voices, right, it's like, cup your ears, do this around your ears, and be amazed at how much more you can hear, it's crazy, but, um, I guess that's what makes sense with the thing I bought, okay, but, um, but that's like that's like picking up like faint, uh, faint noises being emitted directly. Apparently, just like how we didn't know about the, uh, just like how we didn't know about the stealth Black Hawk helicopter used in the Bin Laden raid until obviously it happened and it crashed. Um, which another note about that: apparently, that wasn't even the most advanced one. Uh, as, as per Mike Baker, former CIA agent that's been on Joe Rogan several times, talks about, he was like, you never, he's like, we have the best technology, but it never gets used because they're so fearful of it getting um, captured and, and back engineered. So if they come out with a new technology, they'll wait for the second generation of even more advanced. And then they might even wait for the third generation. And once the third generation is mastered and completely uh, outperforms the first generation, then you can use the first generation in the field. So if it does get caught and captured, and all of a sudden the other, all of a sudden the other side now has that ability, you already have a third generation that that voids the first generation. So you're you're, you're um, it's like an insurance plan, if you will. Instead of going, oh fuck, they they got it. Now we gotta now we gotta get ahead. It's you. Right. It'd be like if I if you'd be like if you create. Grand Theft Auto, like San Andreas. You don't let the public see San Andreas. You then make Liberty City, Grand Theft Auto 4. You then make Los Santos, Grand Theft Auto 5. Then you go out and start playing San Andreas. You still try to keep it secret, but if it does get captured and then released to the public, you don't have to all of a sudden go, fuck, now we got to do a crash program to come out with a GTA 4 instead of a GTA 3. For everybody listening, San Andreas is three, Vice City is, or uh, Liberty City is four, Los Santos is five. You you let, if they do, you want to keep three quiet, but if it does get captured and it does get copied and put on fucking LimeWire or whatever, uh, mega upload, you then don't have to go, oh shit, now we got to really crunch and get to uh, GTA 4. You already have four and you already have five. So if you do, by any chance, get three, uh, it, three is captured and reverse engineered and then um, uh, exploited. You're still two steps ahead. So there's like a built-in uh, void uh, nullifying. Um, that's what Mike Baker said. I don't fucking know. But um, it is, uh, I have read, and not from any reliable sources, fuck you, just let me have this, that uh, the stealth the stealth Blackhawk was actually a, a first generation, and by the time it was used, we were on number three. So you had the Stealth Hawk, and then you had one after that called, uh, I think they called it like the Ghost Hawk, and it was even quieter. And then they had a third generation, which they called uh, the Jedi Ride, J-E-D-I Ride, because it was silent. Is it true? Probably not. Don't take this from me. Don't. 
don't take this from me. This is, let me enjoy that conspiracy. Don't, don't fucking take that from me. Don't you dare. Um, but apparently, yeah. So, but the, what they were doing with, so anyways, the Operation Neptune, one of the things they did, but this wasn't an accident, whereas the stealth helicopter crashed, but I'm about to say it wasn't an accident. I don't know. Who cares? But what is declassified is that, um, leading up to Intel, uh, to Neptune Spear was we, uh, I guess, hypothesized that Bin Laden was there, right? It's what they called him from the satellite images, the tall man, because he was this, like, these head and shoulders taller than everyone else there. He said he was walking around the garden and the ways the shadows would hit, and then they could find, I mean, that's from from image interpreters. They could dictate it. I, think, I don't even think that's image interpreter. I think that's just geometry. But they thought he was there, so they started doing. So they had a. Of course, it's the fucking CIA. So they have. Uh, they have assets in Abbottabad, Pakistan, right? What's that joke? Uh, talk about a bad place to hide. But they used lasers from some other house in this like small town, if even some fucking village, and they used lasers to hit the glass of the compound and then when people inside spoke um the windows would vibrate and this isn't unique to this compound or something it's not that they were exceptionally loud or that the window code was non-existent it's happening right now in this room it's happening in your room it's happening in your car when you speak the windows are vibrating undetectable to the naked eye probably undetectable to most instruments but there is no energy lost. There's, it only converts to another form. So part of the acoustic waves does vibrate the window. Just, I mean, microscopically, maybe even on like a nano level. Who knows? Someone knows. I'm sure I could look it up with a Google search. But um, the windows would vibrate, and so they would hit it with a laser beam, and kind of like the Doppler effect, the as the light's traveling at 186,000 miles a second, it's still hitting it, right? And then when it bounces back, it should be coming back within a set amount of time. Like radar, if something's closer to you, if something is, if you hit it with radar at, at time zero, and then at T plus one, you hit it with radar, and the time difference between the two radar returns are different. Obviously, it's an object that's approaching, right? Or going away but it's, it's light hitting this window and the window is moving somewhat closer than you and then goes back, but it's not stationary. So the window is vibrating and then depending on what the person is saying and how loud they are, are they saying, are they saying, uh, uh, what would be a word that doesn't make a lot of noise? Maybe like goo, like a baby, goo goo gaga, goo goo gaga versus if you said peanut butter or Peter Piper picked a, you know, so there are different noises, there are different noise levels, different amounts of energy, and it causes the window to vibrate, and in that way that it's vibrating, it's causing the light to come back at, I mean, just fucking trillion pico femto seconds closer or uh, sooner or later, it creates a whole message, or it creates a whole, I guess, data signature that you can then decode and figure out what they were saying. I would imagine maybe you got to know what language they're talking. But then with that, no, I don't know. I might be putting my foot in my mouth here. 
I don't know if they're able to detect the actual distinct voice that's talking. Now that I'm saying it, I don't think that's what it was. I think that's too advanced, right? And maybe maybe they do have that technology, but then why would they have, they have disclosed that publicly? Because the laser auditory surveillance technology wasn't disclosed by accident, like the crashing of the helicopter. This was released intentionally. So, I doubt, yeah. So it was controlled. I would imagine, I mean, maybe now, 2020, I mean, I, maybe they could... Not only could you surveil my window from across the street or down the road, I mean, maybe if I said banana and my mom said banana, well, sure, those are two distinct voices. I mean, it's not that the odds are that they're going to sound different. I mean, I don't think we could match our energy outputs if we wanted to. But maybe if you had a thousand, so the question is, is maybe if you had a thousand people in the room, each taking a turn saying banana, is the is the technology so advanced that you can distinguish a thousand different signet? Maybe. I mean, if it's going at light speed, I mean, the fractions you're looking at are in the trillionths. You know, it's like I take average views for each of my videos and I keep a spreadsheet of it. Like I keep the averages out to four or five decimal places because that's the only place that I can see an actual change. Otherwise, they all stay at like an average of like five twelve, which is weird. But um, I wonder if there is a so the point is, is I, I don't think that's how they found Bin Laden. I think there's probably, it's Occam's Razor. They probably heard someone say Bin Laden. <laughs> that's what it probably was. It wasn't, oh, do we hear Bin Laden's voice? It's probably like, are they talking about lunch or are they talking about Osama Bin Laden? <laughs> Which is probably what it is. But I wonder, I wonder if the technology is so advanced that you wouldn't even need a, because what if it's Bin Laden? talking about lunch and there's no one else there and they're talking about lunch so the then that wouldn't be the differentiating variable you would then want the voice saying it right if you're looking for evidence of someone being somewhere and you found that a light switch was flipped you know if one of the light switches was a switch for murder and the other was a switch for lunch sure you'd look for the flipping of the murder switch but if there's only a flip for lunch or for a light you wouldn't be concerned about which light was flipped or which switch was flipped. You'd be looking for fingerprints on the switch. You wouldn't care what the switch was. You'd be looking for those identifiers. I wonder if it's so advanced now that you can um, you can uh, you find a voice from within the vibrating window. I wonder, You probably can't, based on nothing, you probably can't... Um, I would imagine in my simpleton mind that it's probably not accurate enough that it says that's for sure Bin Laden so much as like maybe you have his voice and I don't know maybe you've collected voice samples of of everyone else in the compound I don't know I don't know. I feel like it. The, you could probably pick out his voice from like a couple other people, but maybe not because there's only so many people that can be in that compound versus like, can you pick out his voice from billions of others on the world wide web or a phone? But then again, that's not, that's not like a janky 
watered down recording, right? That's not the laser hitting the window. That's then the direct audio recording from the phone. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, back to Fort Meade, Michael Hayden talked about how in between windows, not only would you have a gap so that let's say he's talking on the inside and for instance, let's say you're not trying to, that's a weird example, right? Because you're trying to find a specific guy, Bin Laden. What if you're not worried about who's in there? What if you just want to hear what they're saying? I keep bumping into this and pulling back. It reminds me of my dog, Oscar. He was just fucking blind. He could barely see anything. Every once in a while, you'd go to, like, pet his nose, and he wouldn't know it was there until you, like, touched it. So he'd be like, oh, fuck is that? God, I miss that dog. He was so blind that, like, you'd be, he'd be walking towards you with his stupid paws, and he would just, he wouldn't see you until you were, like, six inches from him. <laughs> so he'd be walking, 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 and then he'd, <laughs> he'd stop like you just popped out of nowhere. He was just, oh. Or you? It's a uh, God. I miss that dog so much. I love you, buddy. But um, so. But what if you're just trying to find out what they're saying inside, right? So you wouldn't be concerned who the director is. Maybe you would be. But let's just say for this instance, you're not. You don't care if the director is Michael Hayden or if it's Gumby. You're more concerned with what discussion is going on in the director's office of the NSA. And again, I'm sure the actual location of the office within the building is top, but whatever. Let's just say you managed to pinpoint it. You just want to know what they're saying. I mean, like all insulation, right? You put an air gap in between. That helps a great, like a, like a hydro flask, hydro flask, hydro flask thermoses. I mean, that's what. That's what allows it to stay so cold or so hot. A thermos is that the insulation is a vacuum seal, right? We know that copper is the greatest conductor of heat for all metals. Um, water is okay because it's got a high specific heat. Shout out my little brother. Um, there's, you know, you go into your attic, you have the insulation, the pink fluffy shit. Um, that's not what she said. If she said that, she needs to go to a doctor. But vacuum seal is your best but what they would do for the uh, the windows of the NSA I don't even know if it's just the director's office it's probably the whole building whatever the point is is there's a gap between there's two sets of windows and there's a gap between them so whatever vibrations going on with the first window is so greatly dissipated right because let's say you didn't have a window and you just had like a microphone which picks up the vibrations right it's getting the vibrations directly from me. The amount that it's watered down from just going behind a window and only being able to read from the vibrations of the window is so immense that by the time you then step out, then put a second window, the watering down of the watering down is just, right? It's like a, it's like when you use an antiseptic that kills 99.99% of germs. Well, that means one in 10,000 are going to survive. Unless, of course, you then hit the surface with another antiseptic that kills 99.99%. What are the chances that the that one in 10,000 is going to also be uh, resistant to the next one in 10,000? Well, we can, we can, we, well, we can uh, dictate the chances, and that would be one in, one in 100 million, right? 10,000 times 10,000, 10,000 times 1,000 is... 10 million times 10 is, yeah, 1 in 100 million. Hit it with a third, and now all of a sudden you're 1 in a trillion. 
so it's kind of like that second layer of you are now having to pick up the vibrations of the window that are picking up the vibrations of the window. How distorted is it? Can you even, you know, can you even pick it up? Does that whole light thing even work? Because is the light, is the light now refracting off the second window and it's, but I'm sure that they can all be decoded with a computer. But the real kicker is, is so instead of just adding the second antiseptic, um, I don't know what we should call this episode, Windex and eavesdropping. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Bleach, bleach and Bin Laden. I don't know. As a good, we'll do bleach and Bin, bleach and Bin Laden. Um, but um. So whereas if you use that 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 primary layer of disinfectant, you get one in ten thousand uh, chance that some of the germs are going to survive. If you then use another ninety nine point nine nine percent, right, you get one in a hundred million. Maybe even then, now now it depends on what are you dealing with though. Are you dealing with the common cold? Well, you you only really need the first that first one in ten thousand, right? Because if if it, some of it survives, some of it just gets a cold. Are you dealing with COVID? Are you dealing with COVID in an ICU unit with, with, with geriatrics, right? With old people. Maybe you do want that second, that, that secondary layer of disinfectant. One in 10,000, one in 10,000. So you get one in a hundred million, right? What if you're dealing with Ebola in a, in or smallpox and you're in the, the basement of the CDC? Well, maybe you want to spend the money on that tertiary layer and take it not from one in 10,000 or one in a hundred million, right? Cause then 10, a hundred million times 10,000, a hundred million times a thousand, a hundred billion times 10, a trillion. Maybe you want it to be a, a one in a trillion. Maybe it's not, maybe it's worth that expense in both the disinfectant cost as well as labor, who are the fucks applying it or the protocol for applying it. Right. Cause it would have to be a systematic thing. Maybe it's worth not letting Ebola get out or smallpox get out, smallpox get out. So again, are you, you know, are you, are you, are you blocking surveillance of your own bedroom just for general privacy? Are you blocking surveillance of someone that works at the NSA and has a security clearance? Maybe you do that double layer. What if you're the director of the NSA? What if you're discussing X key score or stellar wins or whatever? Um, would you want that tertiary layer? And so what's the tertiary layer? It's taken me like 40 minutes to get to this, this point fucking blue ball in you. It's in between the two windows. They played music and that music would completely distort any message you're getting through. So they they would just play, and I think they played. It was like super complex, so you wouldn't just do like a. You wouldn't just do like baby no money. You wouldn't just be like ba 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 da ba 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 da 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 da. When I popped off, then your girl gave me just a little. I think they played. They would play like Mozart, or Bach, or Beethoven. Just tons of different moving pieces. 
I mean, that playlist has got to be classified, though, right? Because if someone could find out what the song was, you could probably code it into the machine deciphering to negate that, right? To kind of cancel that out, remove that as like a as like a fixed cost, if you will. So you'd have to make what the f- you'd have to make that the playlist class that would be the most classified playlist in the world, right? Because because I'm sure that's if we're doing it for the directors, it's probably the same in the Oval Office. You're probably playing music between the window panes, or maybe you're not even playing one song because you could then use that right. Because then you could then use the well fuck. Because now when the person's not talking, so what if you just played one song on repeat? The person's not talking at all moments of the day. Even if they are, there are spaces in between. Like now when I'm talking, right, there are natural pauses. And if you're shooting at the speed of light, I mean, a one-second pause is a lifetime. So, yeah, you couldn't play the same song because it's, I should be hired for a Red Cell team, right? Because because at night, it's probably they're probably just running it all around the clock, right, as a security uh, uh, precaution, but when someone's not in there, well, then you'll just be able to use the laser. What, what is she doing? I have no idea. It sounds like she's disassembling a Shelby Cobra. But if you just played a song and no one was there, you'd eventually be able to, to right? Because if this thing is used to pick up very faint conversations... Well, shit, you just need to use that laser thing and then plug the data into, like, an app on your iPhone. Like, Shazam, it just picks up the song. It would just tell you what song it is. You could then download that and have your computer decode it. Now, again, what is the what is the budget of the person eavesdropping on you? Just like the, uh, just like the disinfectant analogy, if someone's going to the, this length of... E- If someone's going to these lengths to eavesdrop on you, that's a power drill. That's a power drill. That's a power tool. She's literally taking apart a Shelby Cobra in the kitchen. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, my head's down. I'm thrown for a loop. But it, it, if the person's going to again the the Windex with the Ebola, that the whole smallpox analogy. If someone's going to these lengths to again do a double window pane with music playing in between, then the person eavesdropping on them is also probably going to great lengths. It's probably a nation state sponsored program or operation. So you got to imagine they have the computing power to do that. They could probably then decode the song and then account for that and offset it and still find out what the person's saying. So you'd have to have the song constantly like changing, right? It'd have to be like a power hour playlist, right? Which is weird. But I know that they talked about some of the encryption they would use. And the encryption was based on like, because there's no such thing as true randomness. The encryption was based on like uh, 
they would just use random data every day and they would change it every day. It would be like the number of, um, I don't know. It would be like, uh, the number of, uh, like, uh, uh, traffic cameras, you know, the automatic ones that take a picture of someone running a red light. I'm not making this up. They would, they would be like, okay, take the number of, um, traffic camera images taken in Cleveland on today, March 1st, 2021 and divide it by, uh, divided by the average, uh, length of, uh, of communications between the air traffic controller at JFK airport and 747s coming across the Atlantic. And not even every plane, just those and the average length and then divide it. And that will be the code to, you know, the secure line between the director of the NSA and the president. And not only was, you know, that was classified. It would be, that would be classified. It was so no one even knew what numbers you were using. And by the time you did figure it out, if you had some quantum computer that could crunch that, by the time you figured it out, it's, it's been 24 hours and you've changed it. Now it's, uh, the number of freighters that, uh, are behind schedule leaving the tip of Chile <sighs> multiplied by multiplied by the the average height of a solar flare that day so that's how they get like true randomness and then i would imagine fuck i bet the rabbit hole goes deeper what are the what are the things that were right it's kind of like operation names you have they make up military operations you can't rely on human randomness because you'll always be influenced by it like neptune spear taking up in laden if you told me to come up with a name for that, I would go out of my way to like not mention like nine eleven. I would not mention the desert. I would not. I would purposely try not to mention any sort of cheesy revenge, like the Eagles' revenge, or you know Uncle Sam smiles, or some shit, right? Or this is for the boys in Brooklyn, right? But then your purpose, your your intentional avoidance of those keywords, would then. Uh, raise suspicion about so by avoiding those you are actually shed you are you are drawing a light to them again by intentionally using them it's are they purposely using using this to to throw off uh, a scent so i doubt there's even like a set of parameters you know there's like because with like military operations you they have like two sets of like words and they're just they're just rotated so like taking up bin laden like it could have very well been like desert assassination like that might have been the name of the program but by like by it being truly quote unquote random it does provide a level of uh of security because if someone intercepted it and they heard it was de- desert assassination they're probably going to think well it's not going to be a desert assassination because they wouldn't name it that or would they but by it being truly random you do have that sort of cloaking uh, ability so at least what i've read i mean i think this is from like the 40s the 40s is that there are like two banks of words and whatever operation whether it's whether it's developing a nuclear weapon or whether it's collecting the mail of an ambassador in Argentina, regardless of like 
you know, threat level, you just give it a random name and they're all equally complex. You don't give a super secret one, a super complex, right? If I see five potential passwords of a, of an NSA director and they're all five characters and then one of them's 30, well, I'm going to go after the one that's 30, right? The idea is that you'd make them all nine characters. Who knows which is which, which is that, which is their login for Uber Eats, which is the login for the nuclear arsenal. So there's this whole, there's this whole like cup game, shell game. Um, so unlike the two banks of words that in my mind I see as like two Jeopardy wheels and you spin it and one of them says, uh, I don't know. One of them says magnetic and the next one says pelican. Okay. We get magnetic pelican. Who knows what it is? And then, you know, one of the journals is sweating cause it's like, fuck, you know, this is giving away our magnetic pelican program. But the idea is that like, well, no one knows it's giving it away cause it's truly quote unquote random. So, um, but then you, so I, but so back to back to like NSA encryption, I wonder if it's even two banks because you could eventually discover the two banks and then you could then, that would, that would greatly reduce the number of computing power you needed, right? Um, so it's like, do you have a bank of like a traffic camera tickets given out in 50 states or you have 100 cities in one bank? And then... So that would be column A. Column B would be uh, either multiply or divide. And then column C would be even what we talked about, 747s coming to JFK or cargo ships leaving Chile behind schedule. Those you could still go, oh, okay, so the second bank is something to do with uh, oceanic travel. 747s, cargo ships, it's oceanic travel. So I wonder if it's even that simplified. I mean, are there hundreds of banks? Are, are there no banks? Is it truly random? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of finished talking. That's a solo rant, guys. You plug in and you you get what you get what you get. It's uh, I just talk. There's no purpose to it, and which is why I tried to disclose beforehand very openly. Well, I put it in the fucking title, you morons. But I say it's a solo rant because some people might really like them. Some people might go, oh, God, I fucking hate these, right? It's like Joe Rogan with his, uh, the, what is it, MMA companion? Uh, you have whatever, you have fight companion? Like, I loved listening to Rogan. I wish you'd come back to YouTube. But I bet it's, it's, I loved listening to Rogan, but, like, I didn't give a fuck. I mean, truly, I would love when you'd have on like a comedian or something and then they'd start talking about, it. I'd be like, I don't care. I want to hear about a rear naked, whatever the fuck they're some karma, Kama Sutra thing. Just keep talking about whatever you're talking about. So I think that's why I started fight companions because they kind of, they kind of compartmentalize it into there. Well, that's what I try to do with solo rants is I try to compartmentalize it into like, this is what it is. And if it's what you like, go for it. If it's not, Hey, whatevs um because it, it can't be for everyone just like every guest can't be for everyone i mean a lot of people love when i talk to dale 
I'm sure there are some people that don't listen in because they're just not interested. They're like, yeah, it's the military. It's all the same. Kind of like how I view Fight Companion. There might be people that tune in and they're like, oh, fuck yeah, Roger Williams. There might be guys that are like, I don't want to listen to sci-fi readings. They might be, they love tuning in to CIA shit. It might be that you're listening and that, you know, you are, you're, you're far left, whereas I'm far right. And you go, I don't want to fucking hear any politics. Maybe you only tune in when it's, I'm having on, you know, scientists and it's apolitical. It's, I don't know, but, um, I do try to at the very least disclose it's a solo rant. I don't know why I'm acting like that's a new thing that I disclose it. I put it in the title. If you can't figure it out, it's a solo rant. I mean, I mean, grab the, the the bar on YouTube. Grab the little dot and drag it. There's no one else here. It's just me. I don't disappear. It's just me. It's a solo rant. Um, but solo rants are just that. I'd say if anything, more more than anything, I'd say they're just kind of like exercises. I'm just maybe one day in the future they'll be the best thing. Tim Dillon, I he's he's one of the only people in the world that I truly I'm upset when he has a guest on. You may be saying that's strong language. Are you actually upset? I am. When he when he has a I don't I love Tim Dillon. I adore Timothy J. Dillon, D I L O D I L L O N. But I, I can't stand when he has a get because I, I, I just like his his solo rants because they're so brilliant that I you know, this last week, this past Sunday, he did an episode live somewhere with a bunch of people. I Fuck, all right, well, I guess I'll just wait till next week. I don't want to listen to it. Fuck you. You know, his, his Patreon archives, with the exception of the great Ray Cump, Raymond. Thank you, Raymond. I can listen to Ray Cump all day. Ray Cump's fucking hilarious. But, um, yeah, so a solo rant's a solo rant. I just start talking. We go for a walk. We see where it goes. Um, and not only that, when it starts going somewhere, I don't mind veering. I, I, I purposely don't stick it to one thing, you know? So if you start talking and start talking and it seems like we're going into the island of stability or the early warning sign across northern Canada, you know, I was partway through that and I realized I just didn't want to talk about ICBMs anymore and we just took it for a ride and we ended up on Bin Laden. Who knows, man? And now we're here. I thought I was going to end it and apparently I'm still talking. So... I don't know, man. That's what a solo rant is, is I just kind of go for a walk and I see where it goes. It's uh, I really am just thinking out loud. I'm just letting it all off. And it takes different turns and it takes different patterns and it grows and it twists and it, you know, sometimes it circles back, sometimes it doesn't. But if anything, I'd say it's just a, it's kind of an exercise. It's an exercise in feeling, in feeling dead air, that's for sure. It is a definite exercise for feeling dead air. You got to just keep talking and talking and talking and talking. But again, I know that they're not all the best, but goddamn if they're not some of the most fun, some of the most fun. It's fun to banter with someone when you don't have a topic and you're just, you know, talking about a book, it's obviously going to be a little more focused, but even have it on a friend. Eh, yeah, those, those can, those go off into the weeds a lot. Those are fun that way. Solar, I don't know. I think more than anything, solar rants are kind of challenges. Because, like, I never go into it like, I'm ready to talk. I always go into it, and it's, I mean, it's, 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 I, you just start. And I never record what I'm, 
I'm because one or two times I've been like, I'm going to start recording when I'm ready. And I ended up sitting here for like 30 minutes. So I found it's kind of like getting kicked out, right? It's like being pushed off the diving board. Just Alan Watts. And then you're in the water. There was an Alan Watts chill step uh, mix made a couple years ago about how if you put people on the edge of a diving board, they'll learn all about diving. They'll they'll get an encyclopedia volume on diving, the history of diving, different forms of diving. They'll get the right clothes. They'll get a coach for it. And it's like, just push them. Just push them, and then they're in the water. And it's like, that's like what enlightenment's supposed to be. Like You can't prep for it. You just fall. And then he would say, and then they're in the water. I kind of felt a need to elaborate on that because otherwise it just sounded like another kind of schizophrenic tick. I'm not schizophrenic, by the way. Um, but, uh, yeah, go buy a hoodie, man. Support this fucking podcast. You don't want to be, you, 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 the burden's on you. If you don't go buy Birch right now, you're complicit with a techno-fascist hellscape that wants to uh, censor the world. And you may you might be thinking like that I mean, that's a little tense. I mean, you know, you just went from A to Z. Yeah, yeah. This is war. You know, this is war. You have to buy my merch so that the so 1984 doesn't become real. And you know that may seem like I'm hiding behind this kind of monolithic, unfalsifiable claim. Hey, go fuck yourself. You know, buy the merch. Be an American. <laughs> Support this fucking thing. Um, but uh. Yeah, let's wrap this one up. Monday, March 1st, 2021. Yeah, Monday, March 1st, 2021. 5.23 p.m. Eastern Time. The censorship will continue until morale improves. Take care, my friends. Stay safe.